CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter, and you're watching The Three Before. We are so grateful for those of you that have chosen to bless children again through Operation Christmas Child. Shoe boxes are still available at the Bear Campus for pickup. As you fill your shoe box with gifts, we encourage you to pray for the child who will eventually receive these gifts. We ask you to also include your $10 donation to cover the cost of shipping. Shoe boxes will be collected at the Bear Campus from November 13th through the 20th. If you want to serve with this ministry, see Sandy Sturgis or Ginger Carroll. Our Thanksgiving Turkey Basket Outreach is underway, and we look forward to being able to bless families that are in need. There are a couple of ways that you can help. You can donate items to fill a basket, and you can also be one who will deliver them. To learn more, including finding a list of items needed, visit our website or stop by Connect Central. Baskets should be returned on Sunday, November 19th to be delivered that day. With our disaffiliation process complete, we have one more scheduled church conference meeting. On Saturday, November 18th at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will meet for the purpose of voting on possible affiliation with the Global Methodist Church. If you need transportation, please contact your campus office. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you be feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Can we stand together this morning? If you're worshiping with us online, we welcome you, especially today. We are going to make a declaration from the very beginning of this service this morning that no matter what happens in our lives, that we will give God the worship 
and the praise that he deserves. So when you're asked, will you praise the God? The answer is, yes, I will. Thank you, Lord. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out, working all things out. Praise today and every day. 
Every moment of every day is the right time to give praise to you, God. So, Lord, from the very beginning of this morning, from the very beginning of this service today, we make a declaration that, Lord, whatever is happening in our lives, whatever we potentially face, whatever is coming our way, that we say, yes, I will lift you high. I will bless your name. I will sing praise to you. God, we thank you that you're always on time. And we thank you that you are never late, even though we, in our own timetable and in our own thought process, sometimes think you are. But God, you know far more and far better than we do. So Lord, today, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would sweep over this place, move in our hearts and in our lives, that as we sing together, as we pray, as we fellowship, as we hear the word today, that our hearts would be changed in the moments that we're here. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The words of the bridge of that song say, I choose to praise. So it's a choice for us, right? God is not sitting up there demanding, pushing some button like we're a video game console, making us praise him. When we make a choice to praise him, and how much more meaningful is that? When your children or your coworkers or a family member or a friend comes to you and expresses gratitude for something, isn't that so much more meaningful than if they're forced to come and do that? So when we, we, when we say today, I choose to praise, that's very meaningful to God. And it also is returned to us in blessing. So we thank God for that opportunity. Again, we welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone and thank you for being here t- today, uh, whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping online. If you're new today, uh, we want to extend a special welcome to you and uh, ask you to just let us know by either filling out that Connect card that's at your seat or clicking on the I'm New Here button in the upper right-hand corner of your screen if you're worshiping online. Just let us know that you're new and who's worshiping with you and give us some basic information so we can thank you for uh, being with us and, and uh, get, you some, get you some communication about the things that go on here at CTC. Uh, if you're a regular attender, uh, we just encourage you to do the same thing. We fill out that Connect card and let us know that you're worshiping. Uh, I also forgot about our Connect Central. If you're new, you're here in the room. When you leave the room today, on the left-hand side of the mall, is that, that's where that Connect Central is. We encourage you to stop by there. We have a free gift for you. And uh, you can meet some folks in the church and find out about any and all of the ministries that we have going on here. That Connect card is also a place where you can communicate prayer requests and praise reports uh, to us. So, again, in-house or uh, digitally online, you can fill that out and you can let us know those prayer requests. And as we say each week, uh, we meet together on a regular basis throughout the week and we pray over those needs. So let us bear your burdens. Let us, let us share those with you. All right? Can we do that? All right, here's Pastor. Good morning, everybody. So glad that you've decided to gather together and welcome online. We're glad that you are with us today. I've got one of these Christmas boxes. I know that Lynn mentioned it in the, in the announcement video, uh, but we've put them on the tables here just as a, as, as a final reminder that this box, if it's on your table, is, avail- is available for you to take and fill up. So we hope that you that you would do that. They need to be returned this week here with the stuff inside. And if you're wondering, well, what do I put inside? Wow, good good question. 
there are instructions for that right here on the inside of the box. So we want to encourage you, if you've got, especially this is a great activity for families uh, to get involved and to make a big difference in the lives of, of a child someplace in the world. And it's a great, a great ministry to participate in. I want to introduce you to a, a new staff member. Uh, we, we have a new uh, uh, senior center director, and her name is Candy Smith. And I'm going to show you a picture of her. Uh, there she is. And uh, Candy was not able to be with us unless she's here. I don't think she's here. This, where, 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 where? Where'd you go? Come on up. Come on up. All right, now we can take we can take a picture off the screen so you can you can you can see. Look, look at this. Look at this smile. Beautiful. We're so excited to have you with us at Thank Christ you. the Cornerstone and to be part of our uh, a part of our team here. Let's let's say a prayer with Candy together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Candy and we thank you for the ministry that that she is beginning with us here. We thank you for the spirit that you have given to her and for her faith in you and her willingness to serve you as being the senior center director at our church. So thank you, God, for her. We ask your blessing upon her. We ask you to expand our ministry in every part of our church. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome, Candy. Thank you. She's, she's, she's part of another church also. She's, she's going to run out. She's not going to be here for the rest of the service, but we're glad that she came this morning to, to be with us and to greet you. So welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for I coming. I look forward to Sundays, but I can't stay. Yes, so some days you, you will be here. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Candy. God bless. Yep. And we are absolutely so grateful for your generosity and the ways that you give of your time and your gifts, your resources. And uh, we, we just constantly want to encourage people to, to trust God for all of our resources. And, and we, we seek to follow these scriptures. Here's one scripture. Let's, let's read this together that just reminds us that we can trust and follow God's ways for us. Let's read this together. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Quick story uh, of my failure in doing that. When I was little, we, you know, on, on the farm we grew all kinds of vegetables. When it was time to pick peas, I hated it. I had this great big bushel basket. Dad said, fill it up with peas. And, and peas are horrible. You try to fill it up, you shake it down, and, and it's like it's full once, and you shake it a little bit, and then it's half full. And I hated it. I think of that when I think of it. That God giving us blessings and, and what we will share. God shakes it. It settles. He puts more in. It shakes it again. It settles. And God overflows with blessings when we trust Him with all that we have. All right, enough preaching. That was sermon number three that was free today. Let's stand again and let's continue worshiping God this morning. Our Heavenly Father, You do take care of us. God, I do ask You to forgive us the times when I get worried, when I get scared, when all of us don't trust in Your power, in Your providence. Instead, God, we trust in our own things, but we are so weak. There's so many things in this world that we do not have control over. But You do. So God, we gather this morning in order to worship You, to say thank You, God, 
we, we plead with you this morning, God, to come and be present in our lives, be in our minds, be in our hearts, be in our actions. Help us surrender ourselves to you, your will, and your strength in this world. We desire, God, to be used by you. Come, Holy Spirit, as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus, we welcome you. Welcome you to be with us today. We thank you for your power. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for healing, for restoration. The King is in the room. Come see the skies of love upon his hand. The King is in the room. We'll watch the darkness flee at his command. And who is this King? Who is this King? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Light of the world. There's freedom in His name. Awesome in power. Reigning forever. Light of the world. There's freedom in His name. The healers in the room Let miracles break out across this place The saviors in the room Don't stroll beyond the boundaries of His grace
His name is Jesus. The psalmist said, lift up your heads, O you gates. Swing wide, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The question is asked. And the answer is, the Lord, strong and mighty. And because He is alive today, we live. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Great time. 
you, Lord. No enemy, no enemy can hold you down. Because there's nobody in the grave today. There is nobody in the grave today. There are thousands, maybe millions of other gods being worshipped somewhere in the world this weekend. But do you want to know how many of those gods that are worshipped this weekend are alive? One. He's the one who's come to save us, to heal us, and to set us free. And he's here to do that today. He's right where you are worshiping with us online, whether it's live right now, today, or whether it's sometime later. The anointing of God is right where you are. So if you don't know that power today in your life, you can before you leave here. How many of you can say that God has been good to you? How many of you can look, even look back in the face of difficult circumstances? And no matter how hard those circumstances were, you can look and you can say, looking back, even though that was a difficult time, God was, he was good to me. God has been dealing with me a lot. On contentment. And knowing that in the midst of whatever is going on, no matter how little, no matter how big we think it is, God's good. He's there. He knew that our circumstances were going to be what they were before we walked into it. So that he could set a path for us to walk. So that we know in the midst of it that he's good. You know, I was reading backstage just a few minutes ago about Paul in Acts and everything that he went through. And in the midst of it, he found contentment. And I realized that it is possible to be a Christian, to be a thriving Christian, and still not be content. In the midst of whatever we're going through, if we're in the middle of addiction, if we're in the middle of going, seeing our family go through addiction, God is good. Amen. Amen. If we are suffering from depression or anxiety or dealing with people who are, God is good. And he's going to see us through. He doesn't take us on this journey to leave us alone. He doesn't take us on this journey to abandon us. He is always, always, always there. He is always good. He doesn't know how not to be good.
Running after us, what a beautiful image that is. Thank you for your singing this morning. Let me ask the children if they would come forward, and I, I encourage us to reach out our hands as we give a blessing to our children before they go. This morning, I want to pray, especially as the children come, I want to pray for their parents and for their grandparents, those who are, who are leading and guiding them. Heavenly Father, your goodness is running after us all of us, and we thank you, God, as we imagine children playing in, in a field. God, your goodness and your love and your mercy and your kindness just flows. I pray, God, for the, for the parents, for the grandparents, for the caregivers of, of these young ones this morning, God, that you would lead them, provide for them, strengthen the moms and the dads, give them your mercy, your kindness, your wisdom, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for all of these. Be with them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. given yourselves in service to us, to our country. We thank you for your service, your courage, your bravery, your willingness to step into the line of danger uh, in order that we can experience the freedoms and the joys that we have. Thank you uh, very much for that. God bless you uh, and uh, as you continue to live your lives in service to God and others. You know, that really is the theme for our service today, still talking about serving God. And so that was appropriate for us to, to be reminded of the service that others have given to us. There's a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 that says, There is a door wide open for ministry, but many oppose me. That, that's, that's true. Now, Paul said this as he was in the city of, of Ephesus. And he recognized that, that in this city, the work of God needs to happen. 
there are many opportunities as he walks through the city. There are many opportunities for him to see. God needs to show up right here, right now. Have you ever felt that way about our world today? I wish I got a bigger yes than that. (laughs) Absolutely. So do you agree with Paul who said these words nearly 2,000 years ago? The door for ministry for a good work of God is wide open to us right here at Christ the Cornerstone. And we are in a new phase in, in our relationship with one another in our church and in our community. And it is exciting to be in this place. Now, new things and change is always difficult for us. But God, thank You for bringing us to this place. There is a wide door for ministry. But the enemy opposes us in many ways. But we cannot lose heart. We cannot lose faith. We cannot forget where we've come from, where we are, and the one who goes with us, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to remind us, as I did last week, of the mission of Christ the Cornerstone which is to love God. We've just done that in worship. Worship is a time when we gather in the presence of God and say, God, thank You. And, and worship, even though you know, we come to worship and give ourselves to God, and it's counterintuitive when we give ourselves in worship to God, God comes and is present with us. Just, just as <laughs> I love my wife Carolyn. I adore her. And when I tell her those things, when I do things for her, does it make her hate me? No. It shows my love for her. I wish I could do it better. And so when we gather together in the presence of God, God God rejoices, but also God responds to us. By giving us His presence. I hope you felt that while we were singing those songs. I did. And I stood back there and I said, God, Holy Spirit, come be upon us. And for those of us who, who, who maybe we don't quite get that. Maybe, maybe our bodies, our minds aren't quite wired for, for that kind of spiritual sensitivity. But I do believe that God has placed it in every one of us. We were created to have that connection with God. And we find it through our faith in Him in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has come. Because all of us have turned our backs on God. And Jesus has come to tap us on the shoulder sometimes. And if that tap isn't quite enough, it might get harder. <laughs> and the, thank you, Jesus. And the Word of God says is, 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 is a... a, a, a double-edged sword that pierces us to the heart. And sometimes we read Scripture and it just goes to our heart. And we say, oh God, you're talking to me. You're talking about me. And if we have the habit of practicing not listening to God, that sharp-edged sword needs to be sharper and more pierced. But God, have mercy on your soul when it pierces you. Do not ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit when it comes to you. You can trust God with all things. Kind of off script, but that's all right. Our mission is to love God and to love all people 
so that all people may experience the life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I know that's a long statement. It's a long mission statement. I don't believe that it's unbiblical. I think that's, I think that's what Jesus teaches us to do. So repeat that after me. Our mission is to love God and all people so that all people may experience the love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Everything we do is for that purpose. Your life has that purpose. And, 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 I, know, and I know that there's some, there's some churches that repeat the same thing every, every week and, and, I, and I think that they hold up their Bible and they say this. There are other churches that stand together in very formal worship services and they, they repeat a prayer that's printed on the paper in front of them. And sometimes we look at that and we say, wow, that's not worship. Where's the Spirit in that? you got no idea what the Spirit is doing in that person's mind. It's all worship. And so we gather together. And we say, God, we're here for you. To love God and all people so that they may experience God's life-changing love through faith in Jesus Christ. We focus on doing that in three ways. Three simple words. Because I want you to remember it. This is what Jesus teaches us. How How do I be a follower of Jesus Christ? Love. Simple. We talked about that last week. Serve. Talking about that today. Next week, engage. That's all I ask of us at Christ the Cornerstone is is to reflect on these three words. And every day, how am I living out what God is calling me to do as part of Christ the Cornerstone so that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus? What am I going to do today? To love God and to love others. What am I going to do today? To serve God and to serve others. So let's talk about that service. We've been all this summer... Uh, you trudge with me through the book of Acts with this theme of acting out, playing my part in the kingdom of God. And we've worked, we talked all summer about the ways that we can serve. And here I am talking about it one more time. It must be important. <laughs> but one thing that we didn't talk about comes from this, uh, this summer because it wasn't, from the, wasn't in the book of Acts, but it's in the book of 1 Corinthians. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I suspect that if you've been a Christian for a while, this is a familiar passage. And verse 4 begins, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. The the word in the Greek is, is charisma. Charisma. The, the, the charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, is a Greek word that means gift or joy or, or, or you know, different, different kinds of meanings. But, but God gives these spiritual gifts. They're spiritual abilities. They're, 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 they're abilities that are empowered by the Spirit of God in us. And there are different kinds of these spiritual gifts, but they all come from the same Spirit. The Spirit is the source of them all. And there are different kinds of service. But we all serve the same Lord. You're going to hear the word one and the same in this passage. And it's all coming from God. God works, verse 6, in different ways. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. 
a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Read this phrase with me. So that we can help each other. What's the purpose of the spiritual gift? So that we can help. (laughs) Who? Myself. You go into a candy store or you go into somebody's house, there's a dish of candy and the, the host says, help yourself. You come in a, I, I, I wish that I had the gift of hospitality because when you come to my house, I don't even ask you. I don't even think to ask. I'm so excited you're just there. I don't even think that, well, could, can I get you something to drink? I don't think that. I, after a while, probably 15 minutes or so, I might say, oh, are you thirsty? Go help yourself. <laughs> Oh, dear Jesus, help me. We teach our children. You know, I've, I've seen children. I tried, not to teach, I tried to teach this out of my children. The expectation that when Grandma and Grandpa come or when we go to Grandma and Grandpa's house, don't always expect a gift. We've seen kids run, into, run up to Grandma and Grandpa. Grandma, Grandpa, where's my $10? Grandma, where's my gift? Grandpa, give me some gum. And, and we teach our children. Now, wait a minute. If you're demanding it, is it really a gift? And the same thing with God. I remember uh, uh, when I was in college, I, I was part of a, um, went to a Christian college. There were all kinds of, of, of small groups that we could get be part of. One of my friends was part of a small group of guys. They prayed. They, they got together uh, once a week. They, they prayed uh, intently. They held each other accountable to memorize Scripture. They held each other accountable every week to, to do physical exercise to, to take care of our bodies. They, they, they committed themselves to spend at least 30 minutes a day in in prayer and Bible reading, and they, they would advance that uh, 45 minutes a day, whatever. And when they gathered together, they said, did you do it? They held each other accountable for worshiping on Sunday at a, at a church. They held each other accountable for doing something good for somebody each week. They held each other accountable for their studies. It was a pretty intense experience, but, but they were doing it because Jesus says, follow me, you are students. And they were disciplined about living the Christian life. In his group, they, they practiced uh, speaking in other languages, praying in, in, in tongues. And, and David desired so badly to speak in a prayer language. He begged God to give him a prayer language. And I remember talking when though he was, only, he was in tears because he didn't have a prayer language and all the other guys in his group did. I thought, David, God is the one who chooses what gifts we give. Uh, My desire is that we just live our lives in Christ and we let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. And out of that, the fruit of the Spirit will come. I don't look at an apple tree and say, Peach, come forth. And I get an apple, and I cry, God, why didn't you give me a peach? (laughs) No. 
God has made you for a purpose and God wants to bring forth from you what God chooses to bring forth. Let God do in you what God will in you. There are different kinds of ways. God works in different ways, but the same gift. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help not ourselves, but each other. Verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from God, from the Spirit of God, or from another spirit. And still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. My question to you is, will you take the gift? Will you take the gift that God chooses to give to you? And now we're coming up to, we're coming up to the Christmas season very quickly. I hope, I hope it's not too soon to mention Christmas in church. We probably ought to be mentioning Christmas every Sunday because we're celebrating our Lord Jesus every Sunday. We, should cel- we celebrate Easter every Sunday. We sell- that's why we meet on Sundays, because it is the day of resurrection. So we gather together at Christmas time and we give gifts to one another and None of our children would be content to come into the living room or wherever you have the Christmas tree that on Christmas morning is underneath is piled with presents. And somebody distributes those presents and in front of each person is a pile of presents and we're just sitting there. Oh, look at the gifts that I got. That wrapping is so pretty. I'm going to take these gifts. I'm going to put them on my shelf in my closet. I have no idea what's on the inside. I have no idea who gave it to me. I have no idea how to use it. But I'm so glad I got it. Thank you, God, for all these gifts. We would sit back and we would say, what's wrong with you? I gave you a gift to help you. Take it. Use it. I gave you a gift to help him. You're proud to have your gift. But in your pride, I'm not not picking on you. You're not using that gift. You've just stored it away. Your gift is to help. I don't know. Somebody came to me this morning and said, and said I came across somebody who didn't have heat this summer or this winter. 
Somebody has the gift to be able to help that person. That gift might be a mechanical gift. That gift might be a financial gift. That gift might be a a, a piece of knowledge that says, oh, you can get help over here. The gifts are given in order to help one another. Wise advice. Anybody need some wise advice? (laughs) Anybody lived enough life experience that you've got some wise things to say? I met a, met a pastor this, this week who, who admittedly said, I am not good at pastoral counseling. Admittedly, he said, I am good at pastoral counseling for one session. And then if you come to me a second time and tell me how horrible things uh, you, you're experiencing, I'm going to ask you, did you do one thing that I gave you to do? Now, that's that's a pastor who does not have the gift of wise advice. Now, he might have lots of wise advice. I mean, all of us could just say, well, read the Bible, do what the Bible says. That's certainly wise advice. But but, But I don't have to have the gift to do that. The gift of wise advice might be somebody who's able to speak to somebody who they don't even know that person and they just they just said something that is wise advice that that person leaves and and their day is changed because God gave this person a word to simply give to this person this person may or may not have even realized that they were giving wise advice thank you Jesus that your spirit decides when what how where to give So let's just trust God's Holy Spirit in that. Wise advice. Special knowledge. Somebody has, uh, as I was reading that earlier, I thought about how many times have I heard stories driving down the highway. Something just told me to get off this exit. I don't know why. And I, and, I, and I pulled over, and, and, and I'm thinking, you know, the, the, the couple, uh, I'm changing stories, just hang with me. This is, this is life with Roger. <laughs> As I was telling one story, I thought of a better story. <laughs> and, and, and so uh, Scott and Faye uh, at our Ellesmere campus, a homeless couple that we allow to live in our parking lot, they're Christians. They do ministry with and for us. One of, one of the powerful stories that Scott has, has shared with me, and he's told a number of times, he says, we were, we were in our vehicle once and, and something went wrong with our truck. And we had to get off uh, the highway. So we got off the first exit we could. We pulled over and there, right there was a gas station. Right in that gas station was another man in his car. He had a toolbox. And he was waiting for somebody to help. (laughs) God had told that man to be there. And he was there. That's, That's the gift of special knowledge. I'm going to go out today. God, I don't know who you're going to serve, but I have a sense that you're going to send me someone today. And so I'm going to be available. Scott and Faye pulled in. He had, the, he had the right tool. He had the right equipment to get them back on the road. 
special knowledge. I don't know how it works. God gives people great faith. You may be one of those people. Somebody comes, they're going through tremendously difficult experiences, and 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 their own faith is saying, "I can't, I can't believe that there is even a God, or that if there is a God, why would this happen, or why is this happening to me, or how do we get this thing accomplished? It's too big. I can't do it." We need people to say, "God is with you. God is enough." God has the resources to provide. Take courage. I'm with you. We need people who use that gift of great faith. The gift of healing and the gift of miracles. God, make them happen. We, need to live, in a, we, we live in a world that scientifically doesn't believe in miracles. It only says, well, we just don't, we just don't have the science to explain that miracle yet. That may be true, but that doesn't prevent the miracle from happening. Thank you, God. This this world, we're we're only scientifically describing and dealing with what God has already created. So science is a wonderful thing. But just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Thank you. Jesus. Prophecy. The ability to prophesy. Now, I I think this idea of the prophet and what does the prophet do to prophesy is not necessarily to predict the future. To to prophesy um, is, is, is proclaiming the truth of God, especially in the face of evil and injustice. In our world, to call people out, to call them to repentance, to say, you're going the wrong way. This is not right. And that's not a judgment. That's a proclamation of the truth that God has for all of us to give to others. And there are times when, when, we're, when God gives us His Spirit to, to call others out. And may it be done in love always. The, dis- the gift of discerning spirits, to be able to know right from wrong, truth from falsehood. Wow, we need that. That's wisdom. And the ability to speak in unknown languages and the ability to interpret them. Now, this, this shows up in, in what we call a prayer language, which is, which is sometimes a, if you've heard people speaking in a prayer language, it's, it's a, it's, it's a pro- more private language. That, that they use when, when, when words are not sufficient. The Holy Spirit takes over in that. And, and, and I don't have that experience. I'm, I'm willing for that. I've talked with people. People have said, Roger, how come you don't speak in a, in a, in a prayer language? I said, well, I guess because you know, maybe I'm resistant to it. I don't know. Being transparent, I don't think I am. I said, God, if you want me to have this gift or that gift or this gift or that one or whatever, I am willing, God. So the people have the gift of interpreting what it says. Some people have the gift of speaking a language they've never learned. Some people just have, 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 a, have a brain or have the ability to learn a new language so that they can help others. God bless them. I mean, I've learned French in high school poorly. (laughs) 
I had to take a full two years of, of, of French in, in college. What a waste of money. Not that the French language is bad. I learned Greek for studying the Bible. I think I learned Greek better than I learned French. Nobody speaks Greek. Not that Greek today. You know, how do we find out our, how do we discover our gifts? I said earlier, my preferred way for you to discover your gifts is to open yourself to the Holy Spirit, to say, God, just come. None of us, the Bible teaches, none of us can say, say, Jesus Christ is Lord without the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. We don't come to God, come to faith in Jesus except that we have the Holy Spirit in us. So we, so we can open ourselves to, to that, the presence of the Holy Spirit to fill us, to completely fill us, to, to use us in whatever way He wants. And that, that requires an openness for us to do that. And in that openness, the Bible says in this passage, He alone chooses what gifts to give. And, and, and I don't necessarily need to know the gift that I have in order to use it. I just got to live my life in Christ. And that will flow. And just like the, the illustration I said before, an apple tree produces apple fruit. A banana tree produces banana fruit. The Spirit of God is going to produce the fruit in us. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, generosity. Uh, get them all? Close enough. That's from Galatians. Spirit of John. But we have some tools in our world today that might help us uh, begin thinking about what gifts we have. And, and there are some assessments. You know those personality tests, things you take that kind of describe who you are. Just you can discover, I, love, this, this, I, I say this almost humorously, discover your spiritual gifts. Uh, if you want to take your phone out, you can... Uh, you can take a picture of that. That, that uh, QR code will take you right to a website uh, called assessme.org. It will ask you if you're willing to create an account, <laughs> set it up, put your email address in there, and then, and then we've already purchased, it, it costs some money, but Christ the Cornerstone has, has purchased the ability for you to do this. Now, if you've done this in the past, don't do it again because you'll just use somebody else's. <laughs> you, you'll, use, you'll use two. And... Uh, I don't want you to use two. Just do it once. But um, when, if you become a ministry partner of Christ the Cornerstone, I'll invite you to, to do this also. We gather this kind of information. And it, and it tells you what might be your spiritual gifts. But let's back up a little bit. Imagine Jesus saying to Peter, James, and John, All right, guys, get out your phone. Or get out your tablet. Oh, I got a rock here, Jesus. <laughs> no, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say go to a website. Jesus didn't say get out your pen and pencil. I got a piece of paper with, all, with 120 questions on it or however many. And you just check all those things and then you tabulate it and figure it up over here. And, and you will know what your spiritual gift is. In one way, I just want to say hogwash. But in another sense, there's a, there's a useful place in our world for that kind of reflection. So, 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 so go ahead and do that if you, if you want to. <laughs> and, and, and then 
bring the results to me if you would. I'd be glad to talk with you about it. How can you use those gifts in ministry at Christ the Cornerstone? How can I use this gift in, in my life as a person at work or in my family? That's what this is for. But let's remember this always. The Holy Spirit is the one who decides what gifts are given, when they are given, and how they are to be used. We simply need just to be willing to receive and use those gifts. If you are a member of this church, or a ministry partner as we call them, You've made a decision to work together with one another. And one of the, one of the commitments that we have in our, in our partner's covenant is that I identify my spiritual gifts, my passions, and my abilities. I use them to serve God and others at CTC and in our community. I serve by sharing my financial resources, all of my resources, through Christ the Cornerstone's ministries. This is, a, this is a, a, a commitment that we have made to one another who choose to be ministry partners together. The purpose of these gifts is to help one another. Charles Stanley, a preacher, tells a story of a young woman named Sammy. She would sit in the worship services and when it was time to sing, she stood and she sang boldly. She sang with enthusiasm. She sang with with passion and other people around her were were just kind of enamored at the way that she worshipped God from the pew. And and over over the years, people would now and then come up to her and probably they had maybe the gift of prophecy or maybe the gift of wise wise advice, and they would say to Sammy, Sammy, you ought to be on the praise team. Sammy said, no, no, no. And enough people finally encouraged her to be on the praise team that that when the director had auditions once, she went to the auditions and she stood stood there and she, she sang her heart out. And it was miserable. She was off key. She was out of pitch. It was weak. She was nervous. (laughs) And he writes, When her audition mercifully came to an end, the worship pastor asked Sammy to stay behind. That's always a bad sign. (laughs) While the rest of the worship team packed up their equipment. And he asked her, What do you like doing? Tell me about your relationship with Jesus. And as they talked, she shared a story jokingly about how when she was little, her father taught her how to play the accordion. And she loved to play the accordion. But it's an instrument that nobody listens to anymore. You don't play it unless you're in a polka band, and who goes to those? And he says, have you ever played that accordion for the glory of God to praise Jesus? And she said, well, I... I never really had the opportunity and I never really thought about it. He said, next Sunday, I want you to bring your accordion to church. And after church, sit down and play a song for me. So she did. She came, played the song. He was amazed. It was beautiful. Every note, every chord, every rhythm... 
right in place. Best accordion music he has ever heard. Now, I don't know if that's a compliment or a backhanded compliment. (laughs) But he said to her, I want you to come to praise team this week and bring your accordion. And the next week they had their first accordion instrument in the praise band. And the week after that, he gave her a solo. She played for the congregation, the old hymn, We're Marching to Zion, and I brought down the house. God is the one who chooses what gifts we have, when to use them, how to use them. But we've got to use them. A final story. He was a pediatrician named David. That's important. David, pediatrician. (laughs) One Sunday afternoon, his wife was teaching Sunday school. The lesson was on helping others, being useful. The kids quietly soaked up the story, soaked up the words, and afterwards a little girl named Sarah said, Teacher, what can I do? I don't know how to do too many useful things. Now, surprise the teacher. But she quickly looked around and spotted on the windowsill an empty vase. And she said to Sarah, here's what you can do. You can put a flower in that vase. That would be a useful thing. Sarah said, oh, but that's not important. Yes, it is, replied the teacher. It is if you're helping someone. Sure enough, the next Sunday, Sarah brought a dandelion, placed it in the vase. In fact, she continued to do it every week. And without anybody reminding her, without anybody helping her, she she made sure every Sunday there was a new dandelion in that vase. My wife told our pastor about Sarah's faithfulness one day, and he went down into the Sunday school room and found that vase, and one day brought it up and set it beside the pulpit as an illustration in the sermon. And the congregation was certainly touched by the message and the simple act of helpfulness. Weeks went on, but one week came when the pediatrician doctor got a call from Sarah's mother saying, Sarah has much less energy. I don't know what's happening. Can you see her? So she came into the doctor's office. And after, after many tests and waiting many days, they discovered that Sarah had leukemia. And the doctor went to the house personally to tell the family the news that the combination of this leukemia and the genetics of her body, there's nothing that they could do for her. Time pressed on and Sarah became confined to bed and to the visits that many people gave her. She lost her smile, lost most of her weight, and then the day came with another telephone call. Doctor, would you please come and see her? There she was, a small bundle barely able to move. 
After a short examination, I knew that Sarah would soon be leaving this world, and I urged her parents to spend as much time with her as possible. That was a Friday afternoon, he says, and on Sunday morning, church started as usual. The singing, the sermon, it all seemed meaningless because I was thinking, he says, of Sarah, and I felt enveloped in sadness. But at the end of the sermon, the pastor stopped speaking suddenly. His eyes turned wide and he stared at the back of the church with amazement because Sarah and her parents were there. They had brought her for one last visit and she was bundled in a blanket with a dandelion in her hand. Sarah didn't sit in the back row. Instead, she slowly walked to the front of the church where her vase was still perched by the pulpit and she put her flower in the vase and set a piece of paper next to the vase. And she returns to her parents. Seeing little Sarah place her flower in the vase for the last time moved everyone. And at the end of the service, people gathered around her and her parents offering as much love and support as possible. Four days later, Sarah died. He says, I wasn't expecting it, but our pastor asked to see me after the funeral, and we stood at the cemetery near our cars as people walked past, and in a low voice, the pastor said, Dave, I've got something you need to see. And he pulled out of his pocket a piece of paper, the piece of paper that Sarah had left beside the vase, and holding it out, He said, you'd better keep this. It might help you in your line of work. David opened the folded paper to read. Printed in pink crayon. These words, dear God. This vase has been the biggest honor of my life. Sarah. pediatrician says her note helped me to understand and now I realize in a new way that life life is an opportunity to serve God by serving others and so we gather with the purpose that all people may experience the life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ God is giving you gifts will you receive them What are they? You don't have to take a test, but if you want to, the test is available. But what I do ask you to do is make a decision that when you recognize an opportunity to serve somebody with the ability that you know you have, or maybe you don't know you have it, but you just sense that God is calling you to do something and you can't get it out of your mind, decide to do it and trust God to equip you to do it because that's what he says he'll do. Let's stand together as we as we pray together. My invitation simply is this, that, that if you don't know Christ, come to Christ. If, if you reckon there's something in you that's saying, I know that I was created, put here for a purpose. Jesus, I know that that purpose comes fulfilled when I live my life in you. So I dedicate my life, God. Forgive me all my sins and live in me. Transform me and give me your gifts. Maybe you've known what your gifts are for a long time and 
just let's take time to pray this morning. If you want to come and kneel here to pray as a sign of your dedication and your commitment to Christ, do so. If you want to meet somebody at the prayer stations, I invite you to meet them at the prayer stations in the back of the room just to pray. Lord, come. Have your way in our lives. Father, we thank you for being with us today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for teaching us, guiding us, giving us your Holy Spirit. Who alone decides what gifts we have, how to use them. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love. 
faithfulness and we thank you Lord for the gifts that you give us to serve you and to serve your kingdom and so Lord as we pray to you this week as we ask the Holy Spirit to empower us with the gifts that you want us to have we pray that you would make them evident to us God that you would move in us Lord as we contact people this week as we as we come into contact with people this week Lord let our our joy be evident to them that we are that we serve you and that we love you and may that be contagious thank you god for your holy spirit that moves among us go with us now we pray blessing us and encouraging us in jesus name and everybody says amen amen god bless you thank you for worshiping with us if you still need prayer the altar is still open there are folks still at the prayer stations online. You can meet with folks for a few more minutes. God bless you. Have a great week.